Isaiah chapter 22 verse 1 The burden of the valley of vision, what to thee now that thou hast gone up, all of thee to the roofs. Jerusalem is surrounded by valleys. Isaiah has his vision in the valley area around Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is in the shape of one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, that letter looks kind of like a W would look in English. That's the shape of the valleys. They're in the shape of the letter Shin. This letter represents fire. It's like a W with little hooks at the end of each strand, so it kind of looks like flames of fire. And fire represents transformation. And the Lord transformed the Israelites into his own people. And he will transform you and I when we repent of our sins. He'll put his fire into us. 2. Full of stirs, a noisy city, an exulting city, thy pierced are not pierced of the sword, nor dead in battle. This means that men die in Jerusalem, but not by the sword. That happened when the Babylonians came and conquered them, because a lot of those men died of starvation and fear, instead of being killed in battle. 3. All thy rulers fled together from the bow, Bound have been all found of thee. They have been kept bound together. Afar off they have fled. The rulers of Jerusalem were taken captive by the Babylonians. 4. Therefore I said, Look ye from me. I am bitter in my weeping. Haste not to comfort me for the destruction of the daughter of my people. I believe he's calling Jerusalem the daughter of his people. Your daughter is your pride and joy, and Jerusalem is the pride and joy of Israel. And he sees that it will be conquered. I'm not sure if he's talking about the Babylonians or the Assyrians coming to Jerusalem. It's really hard to track exactly everything that Isaiah is talking about, but I do know that his prophecy is going forward and backward in time. It's not chronological. 5. For a day of noise, and of treading down, and of perplexity, is to the Lord, Jehovah of hosts, in the valley of vision, digging down a wall, and crying unto the mountain. People are going to be so terrified that they're going to try to maybe tearing down walls to hide in the rubble, and they're also going to try to hide in the hills. 6. And Elam hath borne a quiver in a chariot of men, horsemen, and Kerr hath exposed a shield. 7. And it cometh to pass, the choice of thy valleys hath been full of chariots, and the horsemen place themselves diligently at the gate. Elam and Kerr are Assyrian regions. The soldiers from Elam and Kerr will fill the valley in Jerusalem, and that would be really scary, because that means that they're circling Jerusalem. The men of Elam are going to carry bows and arrows, and the men of Kerr are going to carry shields, and they're going to have chariots, and they will be at the very gates of Jerusalem. 8. And one removeth the covering of Judah, and thou lookest in that day unto the armor of the house of the forest. The soldiers will be able to look at the storage areas of Jerusalem. They will uncover the city's resources. 
9. And the breaches of the city of David ye have seen, for they have become many, and ye gather the waters of the lower pool. The Gihon Spring flows out of Jerusalem, which was always a problem whenever Jerusalem was being besieged because the people couldn't go outside the city to get the water. There will be many breaches in the city of David, which means that the army is going to penetrate the city of David. 10. And the houses of Jerusalem ye did number, and ye break down the houses to fence the wall. The Israelites will break down their own houses to reinforce the wall that the Assyrians will break, and they'll try to patch up the wall with material from their own homes. 11. And a ditch ye made between the two walls for the waters of the old pool, and ye have not looked unto its maker, and its framer of old ye have not seen. Jerusalem will dig tunnels and ditches to divert the water back into the city so that they have water during the siege, but they will not repent. They won't look to the Lord and repent of their sins. That's what you really need if you want help from the Lord. You can't just think straight politically or strategically. You also have to think straight spiritually because God will cause us to be defeated when we don't repent, but he'll protect us when we do repent. 12. And call doth the Lord, Jehovah of hosts, in that day to weeping and to lamentation and to baldness and to girding on of sackcloth. People will start to repent once they see that everything they've tried to do, they tried to patch the wall, they tried to divert the water, but they're still facing death. And that's when they'll finally repent and turn to the Lord. 13. And lo, joy and gladness, slaying of oxen, and slaughtering of sheep, eating of flesh, and drinking of wine, eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Whenever somebody tells you just to party because you don't know when you're going to die, that's a person who has no faith. And Isaiah sees his own people of Jerusalem acting this way. They're saying, we're going to die anyway, let's just eat what we have and party it up until the end. So they're still not repenting. 14. And revealed it hath been in mine ears, by Jehovah of hosts, not pardoned is this iniquity to you, till ye die, said the Lord, Jehovah of hosts. The Lord loves to forgive, but he says, I'm not going to forgive you, because he knows how stubborn they are. They just want to party till the end. They don't want to humble themselves and admit that they were wrong. 15. Thus said the Lord, Jehovah of hosts, Go, enter in unto this steward, unto Shebna, who is over the house. Shebna would be a palace official, and the Lord is telling Isaiah to go and speak to him. 16. What to thee here, and who to thee there, that thou hast hewn out to thee here a sepulcher? hewing on high his sepulcher, graving in a rock a dwelling for himself. Shebna was practicing idolatry. He was worshiping demon gods, and Isaiah was told by the Lord to go and confront him and say, Look, you carved out your idol to worship, but your idol can't save you. The Lord is rebuking Shebna because he had a high position, and he made the most of it and was so proud of himself. His narcissism is a false idol to him. 
And the Lord is saying, You're nobody. 17. Lo, Jehovah is casting thee up and down, a casting up and down, O mighty one. That's like saying, I'm going to put you on a roller coaster ride. So Shebna is going to be in turmoil beyond his power and control. 18. And thy coverer covering, wrapping round, wrappeth thee round, O babbler, on a land broad of sides, there thou diest, and there the chariots of thine honor are the shame of the house of thy Lord. Shebna is going to die in a big land, and that is the land of the Assyrians. He'll be thrown out there just like you throw a ball into the field. He won't have his high office anymore. Nobody will recognize him as an important person. 19. And I have thrust thee from thy station, and from thine office he throweth thee down. 20. And it hath come to pass in that day that I have called to my servant, to Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. Eliakim is one of the prophets, or priests. Eliakim means he who God raises up. The Lord is saying that he is going to put Eliakim in Shebna's place. 21. And I have clothed him with thy coat, and with thy girdle I strengthen him. And thy garment I give into his hand, and he hath been for a father to the inhabitant of Jerusalem, and to the house of Judah. People are going to look up to Eliakim as if he's their own father, to honor Eliakim and trust him, as they did not with Shebna. Narcissists never realize how many enemies they have, because they imagine that everyone thinks they're amazing. But in reality, a lot of people don't like the narcissist, and Shebna had no idea how many people truly didn't like him. But Eliakim will be trusted by the people. He will inherit Shebna's regal clothing. Back then, regal clothes were so expensive to make that it was an honor to inherit somebody else's expensive clothes. 22. And I have placed the key of the house of David on his shoulder, and he hath opened, and none is shutting, and he hath shut, and none is opening. That's a really beautiful prophecy. The Lord is making Elikayim his own instrument, just as he did with Moses, because the Lord once told Moses, you will be like a god to Pharaoh. You will have power over him. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, no one can shut what I open, and no one can open what I shut. But here, the Lord is going to give that authority to Elikayim. Elikayim will have full reign over the palace. 23. And I have fixed him a nail in a steadfast place, and he hath been for a throne of honor to the house of his father. Elikayim is going to be honored throughout the generations in his father's name. This is a type of Jesus Christ, which means the life of Elikayim is going to represent the life of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is honored in all of the universe in the father's name, and no one can shut what he opens or open what he shuts. And Jesus has full authority in the Father's house, which is heaven, but also everywhere. 24. And they have hanged on him all the honor of the house of his Father, the offspring, and the issue, all vessels of small quality, 
from vessels of basins to all vessels of flagons. Everybody will obey whatever Elikayim says regarding the resources in the palace. And in the New Testament, it says that we are vessels of the Lord. Some of us are vessels of honor, and some of us are vessels of dishonor, meaning some of us will be used for base things, and some of us will be used for glorious things. Jesus Christ has authority over each of us as a vessel of the Lord. And here, Elikayim is going to have authority over how all of the vessels are used. So again, that's typology of Jesus Christ. 25. In that day, an affirmation of Jehovah of hosts. Moved is the nail that is fixed in a steadfast place. Yea, it hath been cut down, and hath fallen, and cut off hath been the burden that is on it, for Jehovah hath spoken. In verse 25, it calls Shebna a nail in the wall, and it says that nail is going to be removed. But in the previous verse 23, it said that Elikayim is going to take Shebna's place and be that fixed nail. So here is another metaphor. The Lord is going to pull a nail out of the wall, and that is Shebna, and then he's going to put a new nail in that same place, and that is Elikayim. Elikayim served King Hezekiah, and King Hezekiah was the fourth king that Isaiah served. So Isaiah is seeing a prophecy of a new man that will come to a new king that Isaiah hasn't served yet. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 22.